What I have found is it's actually really not that hard to break the cycle. Okay. It's hard to decide. Right. To really make the decision. If you decide and you are fully, fully committed, you'll break it and you'll break it faster than you thought. Knocking doors down. Host Jason here with you. On this episode, I'm talking to Adam Jablin. Why did I want to talk to Adam? Not only did I want to pick Adam's brain about what worked for him in recovery, also what took him down the path of addiction and why he started the Hero Project. Plus, we get into imposter syndrome and so many other things that are insightful that might help you turn your life around no matter what. And that's what Knocking Doors Down is all about. Please hit subscribe on whatever platform that you're enjoying on. Share these episodes with someone that you think might just need to hear some of the knowledge that the guests share here on the podcast in the conversations that we have. Before we get to Adam Jablin, I've got to thank 5150. Check out all the swag, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, all the gear that you want. 5150 is about having the power to overcome to persevere, the power to set your life on a course to success. And right now, you can get 20% off when you go to 5150ltm.com. Use the code KDD20. That's KDD20. Check out all the swag, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, all the gear that you want and get 20% off because we couldn't do knocking doors down without 5150. Here's my guest. Adam Jablin. Adam Jablin, author of Lots of Holic, uh, from a sick to sober Superman. Thanks for joining me on Knocking Doors Down. Oh, bro, I was I was really happy when I got the invitation. So thanks for having me. That's funny. That makes two of us happy. You're like, right? Yes, let's fucking do this. I'm like, all right. Yeah, man. Well, I don't know. Maybe we maybe we knew. Maybe we knew <laughs> we wrote Sun Devils at the same time. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we just both knew we were maniacs, but you know, <laughs> there's a vibe, man. There's a vibe. <laughs> yeah, we were talking before the record. We both went to the same college there at the same time. Uh, one of the things that I really want to talk to you, like I was saying, I'm trying to reach out and get more people that can become indirect mentors here on the podcast and finding it more useful. But I do want to know, really, so many people we found trauma, the gateway drug for so many. Yeah. Um, for you, do you pinpoint it to trauma, insecurities? What for you is it that you face daily? Because I think so many people yeah. it's misconception. You get sober and everything's good. No, we still got to confront this stuff. Over yeah, and over. Uh, I would have to say that somewhere, you know, somewhere when I was seven years old, maybe eight, mm. somewhere in there, I decided to be the family peacemaker, the pleaser. Give it to Adam, give it to Superman. He'll fix everything. And it was the decision, you know, and that decision made by a seven-year-old yeah. somewhere in my subconscious, you know, somewhere deep down. Well, that little boy was running a 20-year-old's life, a 25-year-old's life, a 30. So, you know, for me, I wouldn't actually say it was past trauma. I would say for me personally, mm-hmm. it was a past decision I made. Mm-hmm. I saw how I can make my family more harmonious. I saw the power in pretending to be some sort of superhero to make everybody okay. And I, and I saw in that moment, oh, this works. And I chose it and I, I made it my constitution. And then as I got clean and sober, I had to 
reevaluate all of those poor decisions I made as a child. Because like I said, a seven-year-old was literally running my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what that's like. So then my question for you, because for those that are close to us, either it's genuine or disingenuous, because I'm a people pleaser. So I played the role, whatever hat that people seem to want me in, to assume. How then was it establishing boundaries and then those people understanding that, oh, Adam's changed? It was complicated because A, I had a difficult time because I always still wanted to be the peacemaker. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. You know, I like using things that are easily understandable. So people pleasing is it's a, it's a good way for people to understand what you and I are talking about. I don't necessarily know. I can't speak for yourself, for you. I don't necessarily know if that's what I truly, truly was, or if you truly, truly were. I'll give you an example. If I like the Yankees and you like the Mets, I didn't start liking the Mets. Right. If you like Batman and I like Superman, I didn't just start liking Batman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But what I did do, uh, so it, it wasn't necessarily just people pleasing and always putting on a new identity like that for me personally. Um, what I did do was I think I thought I had to accommodate for everybody. Gotcha. Right? I thought I had to make everything okay for, I still have my own likes and dislikes. Do you know what I mean? I still have my mm. own personality. Um, but yeah, man, th when I did it, it was, I think in the, in the beginning I made my, if you want to use the word boundaries, you know, a little too hard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I realized that no was a complete sentence, but I kind of said it with like, Hey, I'm clean and sober now. Uh, <laughs> but, over, but over time, uh, everybody got, everyone became adjusted. But, you know, when you, when you come into this thing and you're getting clean and sober and you're getting your life together, you're raw, yeah. you know, you're raw. And, and my emotions were still really, really raw and high alert for yeah. a while there. And how did you handle it? Because when you uh, first entered, what was it? You were intervened on? Yeah, I was intervened July 14, 2006. Okay. And, um, you know, brought to the Hanley Center, which is uh, one of the top treatment centers in the country. And that's really where my whole life turned around. Well, cause you were a father and married at the time, right? Yeah, I was, uh, I was married and for five years and I had a daughter that was six months old. So literally my daughter and I have grown up together. <laughs> She's 16. I'm 16 years clean and sober and I'm as mature as she is. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I've tried to explain that to people. It's like I've been stunting my growth emotionally oh, yeah. for a decade and a half. Okay. I'm catching up. Give us some time. So what then after that, did you started really noticing changing for you though? Because uh, what, what was, uh, what was your business line? What was going on? Cause you were a guy that no matter, even in your addiction, you had a motor. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did was, um, when, when, when the switch happened, when I had a, a really profound uh, spiritual experience and the shift right. happened that I wanted to be clean and sober, I attacked my recovery as if my life depended upon it. Like I, I just fucking attacked it. You know what I mean? And, and whatever that looks like for whatever people, but for me, it was 12 step rooms. And, you know, I still, am, you know, I don't like to talk about you know, where I go. It's kind of like fight club. We don't talk about fight club, yeah. but, uh, but uh, we have traditions and all that, but literally man, meet a meeting or two every day, 
picking up somebody from a treatment center, bring him with me, found a sponsor that like we just, a mentor that we just attacked the steps. Um, he's got 53 years clean and sober, a uh, legend, a legend of rock and roll. And, and dude, I just was all about it. And what happened was I was slowly changing from the inside out. So everything that was changing within me, healthy, good, pure, was affecting all of my relationships, not just my marriage, not just being a dad, not just being a businessman, but in every department. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting when you, when you're so used to drowning yourself in booze and pharmaceutical pills and whatever you're into, and you, you allow your body to recharge and get that real energy. And then you tap into something higher, dude, I had too much time on my hands. So I was like running the business, exercising, going to meetings, you know what I mean? Like literally just, just burning the candles at both ends, just because I didn't know what to do with so much energy. You know, and that's still an area I'm glad you brought that up that I kind of struggle with it and noticing um, something that I see that you do. I picked up also from uh, Mike Diamond, who was oh, on the podcast. He's a master, dude. He's a master. Yeah. Love that guy. But it, the starting to write some stuff out, journaling a little bit more, getting out of my head because I, I came to think, what do I waste time on? Way too much television. Adam, way too much. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, it, it's great to be self-aware, I think, and to, yeah. to really study yourself. But at the same time, you know, somebody like you that's doing something like this is very creative. You know, you could change the terminology on that and consider it homework. You sure. know, if you, if you watch certain actors, if you pick up on their demeanors, if there are certain words that hit you and you go, I think when I'm interviewing somebody, I want to use that or I want to use that tone or, you know, so maybe for you, it's just literally looking at it from a different lens and going, okay, yeah, I'm enjoying this series. Let's pretend it's a series, like a Netflix series. But what I'm really doing is um, I'm studying and I'm, I'm downloading what I like, what I don't like to use through my personality to, to get my message across. That's interesting you bring that up because actually I'm watching it for the second time, the series Brockmire. Have you ever seen it with Hank Azaria? I, I know what it is, but I have not seen it. Yeah, the irony is my girlfriend and I are watching it. We pause it. It, it you know, it's a guy that falls into alcoholism due to a very rough childhood. He's a, yeah. a baseball announcer. And when you pause it, then comes up an ad for some liquor where you can scan the QR code. I'm like, Hulu, did you fucking get a clue what this show is right, about? Right. But it beautifully deals with addiction within it and the things that we do. And then as we start to evolve and change. So that's interesting. You bring that up. I really didn't think of it that way. Cause I'm sitting there watching like, Oh, I remember this phase. I, I know oh, what yeah. that's like, or, Ooh, I didn't try oh, yeah. that. Hey, listen. The knocking doors down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vera foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vera foundation's race to be drug free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. I remember when, um, you know, I'm very close to the, um, 
a mentor of mine named Tim Story. He's huge. You should look him up. And he, yeah. he one of his homework assignments to me was he, he wanted me, and I had to watch it three times. He wanted me to watch the interview with Jay-Z, forgot with who it was, with somebody with the New York Times, um, three times after he came out and admitted he had wronged Beyonce and this new album, 444. And he wanted me to pick up on certain messages that Jay-Z was speaking about because he wanted me to embody how to speak so honestly and openly. Right. You know, so I think if you could just change your lens and you can say to yourself, hey, you know, I'm not wasting time. thing is... I'm mastering my craft, you know, I'm mastering my craft. And, and again, I don't know how much TV you watch, but I'm just saying that sometimes what we think is many times for guys like you and I, what we think is a flaw in our character mm. is actually an asset. We just are looking at it from different, a different lens. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's uh, that's really valuable. You said something else there too, in bringing up spirituality, um, cause I've had a couple people reach out and just ask them, you know, like, what's your place for lack of a better word, you know, with, with God, how do you, how do you see it? Because tell me your opinion on, you know, we've got a fragile nature and then we got some things that are just, they lack fragility altogether. And I think when you key in on your spiritual component and what it means to you, a higher power it really prevents us from the fragile areas taking over and throwing us off track. Yeah. Well, I mean, how deep do you want me to go? I don't want to rant. I, I love rants. I mean, uh, this is, this is something I really want to pick up from you. All right. So the center of my life, the central relationship of my life is my relationship with God and what that looks like. And due to that relationship, I'm a man fully, fully alive. Mm -hmm. fully alive, meaning I could have all of the colors of the rainbows, all of the emotions, go through the ups and downs and be taken care of, which also means that over my time, I have studied and read um, and practiced, you know, not both Testaments, the Old Testament, the New Testament. I, I have no prejudice against any other religions. And I see all the similarities in, in, in each one the degree of, of the power of God, like the, the sincere, true power of, the, of God, right? And the humility, I don't care what religion, how you get so, the humility to ask, to ask for that power, and then see the decision to take that power and carry it through is a recipe for success. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a preparation. There's a preparation to have that power flow through you. You know, there's a, there's a story in the Bible where, you know, everybody in the Old Testament, this is Old Testament before Jesus comes and fulfills the Testaments. And he shows you, he'll show you how to do it too. So I can go on and on and on. But where, you know, there was a drought and Israel was in the middle of a drought and um, they go to Moses, you know, you know, we're dying of thirst, you know, the, the crops are dying, the plants are dying. He's like, well, what are you doing to prepare for that? He's like, you haven't dug any hole. Like, and once they dug the holes in the Bible, you know, that's when the rains came. As in, like, if you show the faith, you know, if you show the faith to God and you prepare like it's going to happen and you ask with humility and you have the faith to carry that out, it will happen. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not on your timetable, but it will happen. You know, so let's, let's get, let's, let's use the podcast as an example. Sure. So you're already having the faith 
and doing the actions to take this to make you a very successful man and to spread your mission and your message. But if within a year and a half or two years, you don't really see how far you've progressed and you're measuring yourself against Joe Rogan and, and people like that. And so you keep being inferior. Well, you're not really preparing. Right. You know what I mean? You're, you're beating your, but if you're like, no, if I just keep doing this one step at a time, one day at a time, it will come. It'll Cause if you don't stop, it's bound to happen. And you've nailed it. We'll talk more off air about the process that it's been. It's been, yeah. a, it's been an exciting journey. Uh, but I, I thank you for sharing that because I, I find it for me so important in it's hard to break cycles. And I know in your coaching, that's some things that you really work on because we're, we seem to be at a forefront of apathy and just people looking external of themselves for any kind of fulfillment and, and happiness. So don't be upset with me. Okay. Because okay? I'm not, I hope you know, like I'm, I'm in your corner. I'm not like adversarial at all. Sure. Nope. So, and you could agree with me and take it and run with it. Or you could say, I don't, can't really sign up for that. Okay. But what I have found is it's actually really not that hard to break the cycle. Okay. It's hard to decide. Right. To really make the decision. If you decide and you are fully, fully committed, you'll break it and you'll break it faster than you thought. Hmm. If you're wrestling and you're split a little bit, even just the tiniest fraction, it's torture. Yep. So yeah, then it is difficult to break the cycle. But I'm not speaking out of both sides of my mouth because what I'm saying is if you 110% decide and you're all in, all in, all your chips on the table, not one for insurance, this is it. It's easier than you think. And why do you think it's easier than people think it is? Or I think it is for that matter. Sure. Well, one is that's what I do for my living. Right. Two is what I've noticed and what I've studied and, and seen the most is it's not change that's hard. It's the resistance to change right. that's hard. And also, if anything, when we start doing those past stories and those past feelings, and if you want to say past traumas or whatever, to validate why you're not going to change or why you feel so uncomfortable, well, now you're you're not really 110% in you're, you're coddling yourself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so look at it from all different angles, right? We could look at, obviously you and I've been through some dark times, right? So it's always easy to look at it at that lens and go, Oh, it's hard. But I got to tell you, man, if I said to you, listen, LeBron's going to look, they're taking you, they want, they're taking somebody off the streets for one year, like the Rocky Balboa story, right. and you're going to be a Laker this year. Your one job is to not fucking quit. You'll be all in. Yeah. If I put you on the Jordan with the Bulls, you'll be all in. If I say to you, listen, I'm taking you to Positano, Italy with me for two weeks. You think you're going to resist getting fired at him? I need a nap. No, we're staying up. <laughs> And we're getting on Italy's timetable because it's positive because right. you're all in You're challenged. Now, when it's something that's a little, you're not all in and it's, oh, I still like this. And that's where the resistance is. Sure. 
right? So that just shows you the shift of a mindset. Right. Like, let me tell you, becoming a Laker and practicing in the ice bath, it ain't going to be easy. But if you're all in, it will be easy because you're going to love it. Right. You're going to fucking love it. I think it goes back. Someone said to me recently is uh, people do more not to lose $5 than earn $5. It's that, that idea of, of Mike threw this out to me. Diamond they used the idea of, I will pay you a million dollars for a month, but you got to get up at 3 a.m. every day and won't go back to sleep. And he said, I guarantee you 99% of the people will hit snooze the next fucking morning because it's uncomfortable. Right. Uncomfortable. So how do you shift people to get out of the comfort zone? Well, what I do is I look at their basic needs. I, I value, you know, this isn't the first time I'm, you know, I don't go one to three with my client. I have to really figure out who they are, the causes and conditions, mm-hmm. what their values are, what their purpose are, and then go to their needs, right? What are their needs and what are their values? And once I have that, I have the leverage. Once I have that, I have the leverage. So when you can change the mindset, and go, okay, you are wired like me. You like certainty. You don't like variety. You like that we're going to wake up at that. You, you thrive on structure. But what if I promised you that there's something beautiful if you just let go and we do a little variety? Hmm. We, do, we do something that's not totally planned. Right. We do something more fun. Now, there are people that thrive thrive in variety they don't like they don't like certainty but some of them they're a little too woo, 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 and, you know what I mean? like, right and they'll go here they go there and one day they're the podcast and the next day you know they're a basketball coach and the next day they're an instagram success and then right and yeah. you're like yo, 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 yo you're too you need right so you got to work with what you got right you know some people love to be significant to feel that attention right and they're thriving on me 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 well that person you got to push a little bit towards contribution and love. You know, that's going to heal them a little bit. But some people that are all about community and contribution and love, they need a little more significance and you got to give them their balls. So it's really about understanding your client, knowing where they're at, knowing where their vision is, making sure you're getting them to their vision, not your vision. And while you're truly always keeping their strengths at a high level, making their weaknesses as strong and balancing them out. I'm going to ask you for some advice if I can. Sure. So for me doing this, and I also work for a nonprofit, we have podcasts there, a lot of outreach, um, you know, really working with, uh, you know, the family unit. So for me, I'm at a point where, and I sit and talk with my girlfriend about this, like I, I've started to gain confidence in what I do, but yet I have some trouble with accepting a little bit of limelight. I'm probably that community guy. I like the community. I like the part of the mission, but I've had a couple of uh, people that I made friends through this, like, dude, you're good. Start getting yourself out there. And it's okay because your intent is of servitude. But for me, it still feels like ego. How do you, how do you deal with that? I, I, do you know what I'm saying? Like, well, uh, you, you, you know, you're a, a figurehead of something. Sure. It's a process. Yeah. It's a process. But you're somebody, believe it or not, that would do well journaling and affirming 
that you're a badass and you're good at your craft. Mm. Because I'm not saying it's a weakness, but you find it overly egotistic, right? And it's not. I'm telling you, don't want to go on the court with Kobe and Jordan if they don't think they're going to win. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Thank God you're blessed with a personality that's not arrogant and thinking you're all that. But you have to believe in yourself to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. There has to be a calling. So to tell yourself that I'm good at this, to tell yourself I'm a badass at this, to tell yourself that I can lead people in this is extremely healthy because it's for a good cause. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, like myself, have the humility and the pain from the past to balance you out. But there are other people that they're too arrogant and they're too cocky. And, they're, and you're like, why, why are you this confident? You don't even have the record to feel this way. And you start realizing that it's almost narcissistic. But right. it's, what it really is is a mask because inside they feel like they can't do it. They, they're, they're, they're pretending to be Michael Jordan because they saw him do that but they know they haven't put in the work and they don't have the skill set. You're putting in the work. You're doing this stuff for the families. You're doing the podcast for the, not, uh, for the nonprofit. So if you can give yourself the credit, it will come out. It'll come out. But, you know, dude, also don't look at yourself with a microscope either. Like all of us have these feelings from time to time. Sure. All of us have a little imposter syndrome, if you want to call it that. All of us yeah. have an anxiety. All of us, the of the best the best of the best i think it's because i spent so much time in that you know throughout god when my addiction really started which which is an interesting thing in itself Uh, i'm a later in life guy um but yeah it's it's definitely that imposter syndrome that struggle with that 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 you know at times i definitely feel i know other people do too but uh yeah, thank you. I've been trying to kick it to the next thing. Like, oh, you've got yeah, some valid man. shit, man. Get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's for a good call. I'll give you a great example. Um, so my mentor, his name is Dion, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. You probably know most of his music. Legend. Yeah. Only a few legends alive, right? Between him, Paul McCartney, Springsteen, Bob Dylan, Clapton. He's one of them, right? Yeah. So his uh, life is being brought to Broadway called The Wanderer. And I'm hanging out with Dion and backstage with the guy, the kid that's being Dion in the show. His name is Mike Wartella. The kid's amazing. This kid's on fire, right? But before every show, he would throw up and feel like an imposter. But when he went out there, he killed. The thing's going to Broadway. And it goes to show you that, like, you know, and he said, I had the thoughts of what am I doing here? They're going to see right through me. They're going to know that I'm not the guy, right? This is every show. Meanwhile, the write-ups after every show when he went and performed were insane. And still those thoughts would come out, right? Even after the write-up. So why I'm sharing that story is it's like, it's not like this perfect science. There's a scene in The Last Dance. It's very overlooked. It's very overlooked. It's That's the Michael Jordan documentary. Yep, love it. him, yeah, right? It's him before game seven against Indiana Pacers. And it's him with his, with his crew, right, before the game. And he's sitting there very, very quiet in contemplation. And you see him like, it's not Michael yet. Like he's, there's anxiety, like this could be the end. And his friend, Ahmad Rashad goes, you know, some people can, some people can't. And he's like, huh? He's like, wait, what? You know what I mean? 
And he goes, some people can and some people can't. And he, Michael looks at him because that's his best friend. And he said, he like, I forgot which player it was. But he's like, I instruct you not to speak to so-and-so. You are not allowed to speak to so-and-so. And what he was saying is a lot of guys, even on the Bulls playing with Michael, can't take that shit. Yeah. Because he's sitting there contemplating. Like, you get to see that he's human. He's contemplating, I can lose. I can lose today. This could be it. You know, you would think the way we all think about him, that he's sitting there being like, give me the fucking ball. I got this. I'm Michael Jordan. I've done it five times. No, (laughs) he's sitting there with the anxiety, with the worry, with his council of men. You're just sitting there, like just tapping his fingers, nervous, anxious, worried. You know what I mean? Tells his friend to shut up. You know what I mean? Don't tell the other players that. They don't have my mind strength. They can't handle that. So it's good, man. It's good to study. It's good to learn. It's good to, to believe in yourself. This is yeah. all good, what we're talking about. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I love that documentary I, series. I think I've watched it four times through. The one that stood out to me that was, was comical in, in – why Michael Jordan, you know, we would get in the argument, you know, ex-basketball player people. I'm like, today's NBA, you'd average 40, 45 easy, you know, with the rules, the rules they are now, but, and, and just his mindset, he's, uh, I forget what game they're going to. He's on the bus. The R&B star, Kenny Lattimore, gave him his album early. He's just sitting there. He got the album early. Kenny Lattimore, friend of mine. And it's like, that's yeah. before game six in Utah. Yeah, it's like you've got this huge game and he's just he's just there. Loose. Yeah. In the moment. He had that ability. Everybody said in the moment. How do you stay in the moment? 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. How do you stay in the moment? Oh, bro. I'm very much like you and Mike Diamond. I'm cut from that cloth. Okay. I have to do a lot of work to stay in the moment. I have to do a lot of work on myself because, because, because my, my, my brain is, is, is programmed. My emotional home, if you want to say, is worry and anxiety. Something within my home thinks, if I think about things too much and I worry, that'll make a difference. And it's not, yeah. right? So what I, I do, I wake up early, I meditate, I pray, I journal, I hit an early workout. I hit an early recovery meeting. I'll probably even do a 5K after that, right? And then it's not even nine o'clock. And I've I've just banged out a big part just to be Adam Javelin. And now I'm ready to rock. Wow. So I'm really centered and I'm really feeling good. But, you know, that's that's a lot to ask of anybody. Sure. Um, And I I wouldn't do that. And my clients, I don't make them come even close to that. But to be the man that I enjoy being and to be the man that other people uh, want to learn from or, or 
you know, use as their coach or as their mentor, I have to be right. And unfortunately slash unfortunately, I found a way. Unfortunately, right. it is a lot of structure and discipline early in the morning. But that also lets me, allows me to be more, have more variety later in the day sure. and not get over anxious that I didn't think about this, I didn't do this, and I didn't do that, and I still need to do this for myself. You know I mean? All that stuff. So it's cool. I found a balance of certainty and variety. So it's create, creating almost things, the, the elements we can control for an acceptance and ability to navigate the uncontrollable. Yeah, dude, it's the, it's honestly, it's the serenity prayer all packed in one. You know, God grant me this ready to accept the things I cannot change. I can't, can't change that I'm an alcoholic. I can't change it there's 24 hours in a day. I can't change that I'm 46. I can't change that you know, clients can do this time and this time and this time. I can't change that I'm a daddy of two. So okay, God, great me sorry to accept things I cannot, things that I cannot change. You know what I mean? The courage, the balls to change the things I can. Okay, I can wake up earlier. I could do that. I could be more organized. I could be a little looser here. I can, I can listen more. I could speak more here. You know, the, you know, the mm -hmm. courage and then the wisdom to know the difference, meaning I sometimes don't know fantasy from reality. I don't know the difference between the two. So I have to ask for that, for the wisdom to go, this I cannot change, this I can change. Yeah. Right? It's like you'll, you'll hear a lot of times where I go, uh, probably what you've heard too, is, you know, God will not do for you what you can't do for yourself. And I really believe that because I'm a living testimony of it. Agreed. Yet there's a flip side of that coin, which is God won't do for you what you can do for yourself. Hmm. And there is the beam. Yeah. That's the beam we're all walking on. You know, how do you let it flow? How do you allow, how do you allow God into your life? How do you allow the universe and these higher realities and these powers to work through you while at the same time being responsible, uh, uh, controlling yourself, knowing how to utilize that power, knowing when to turn it off, knowing when, when to take action, knowing when not to be lazy, you know? So somebody like me and probably like you, uh, very similar to Mike Diamond, uh, is I'm cut from the cloth that I take too much on my shoulders. So I overestimate my power and I underestimate God's power all the time. Yep. Frequently. Yeah, I know people that overestimate what God's going to do for them and underestimate their, and they, you know, it's like, dude, you're, you're going to have to lift the shovel. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to do some work. No, I'm going to be the number one best-selling author. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. Not if you don't get out there and interview on every yeah. damn show and yeah, put the, hey, put the, damn write the book. <laughs> oh yeah, you got it. <laughs> oh, my book's gonna sell a million. What? Oh, really? What's it called? I don't know. I haven't read it. Okay. All right. Well, it goes back to the adage of, uh, oh God, where was I? I'm trying to remember Adam, but uh, came up. You know, uh, the joke about uh, the lottery being your retirement. And I said this one guy went, motherfucker. You're so bad with money that if you want a hundred million, you'd be broke in a year anyway. So what yeah. does it matter? You're not living a life to prepare yourself to take on a hundred million dollars. You don't even know what the first step is. 
okay, wise ass, what's the first step? Well, I'd probably get a tax attorney to start with. And then from there, take a look at it. Do I have any debt? Do I have any assets? Also, what family members or hanger-ons are going to immediately come after it? And how do I deal with that? So I don't know that a hundred million is your best plan. You might want to get out there. Like you said, get the shovel out, get a little Got work it, going. Man. It's Got like, it. shit, howdy. Um, I still have some different areas of, of blockage. Um, I get a lot of that, that telling myself a story, struggle with anxiety, especially in the morning. Um, and I've been diagnosed with depression since I was 16. Um, what are some of those blockages that, that you see and how do we kind of start pulling those away? All right. So let's use I statements because depression is real. And anybody listening to this, you know, if you have depression, please see a medical doctor. Please be honest. Um, I'm not telling you to get it on an SSRI. I'm not telling you what to do, but just treat it with the dignity and the respect that it deserves, you know, because depression is real and the Agreed. suicide rate lately is out of fucking control. Yeah. Um, so let's use I statements. I'm building this business, you know, I've had a lot of success. But sometimes when you're building a business, not running a business, when you're building a business, there are times where cash flow gets a little weird and you're putting out more than it's coming in. Now, it's not a lack of faith and it's not from spending sloppy, but you can't control other people's terms. They're going to, they thought they were going to pay you in 30 days. Now it's 90 days, but you've already paid this to do your fun. Okay. So I'm using I statements, right? And you see the cash go low and because you're building, right? You're building and it's not from a lack of faith and it's not from a lack of responsibility, but at the same time, you're in this place. And I told you my emotional home is worried. Right. Is, so what I did, what do I do in my meditation? I see the atom that's already done it. That's already accomplished this mission and knows what the hero project is really going to do to help other people, to help his own family, to, to leave, to, to leave a legacy. So I get into that atom. I think with his brain and I, I feel with his belly and I hear with his ears, you know what I mean? I use his basic five senses and I know what he knows and that it's all taken care of. I have to do my work, as you can see. You know, that part's not going to be a problem. I, laziness is not one of my personal issues. If anything, I need to know when to let go. But I get into him. And when I'm in him and I see him and I can feel him, now I'm that much closer to my goal. So I'm meditating and I'm visualizing and I'm feeling and I'm getting really, really aligned with that vision of myself. And by the time I exit my meditation with a prayer, I know how I'm going to act, how I'm going to speak, how I'm going to behave that day, because that's what that Adam already did. Mm. That's what the Adam a little farther down the road knows, feels, experiences, thinks, you know what I mean? So that's the way I do it because this Adam can get very stuck in worry. That Adam, it's already done. Worrying, it doesn't matter how much I've taught, I've shown myself that worrying has done nothing but destroy me and get me drunk. That doesn't matter, or hot, doesn't matter. That's where I feel comfortable. My emotional home inside is, let me worry. If I worry, then it shows that I care. It, God doesn't do that. 
Accountants don't do that. Judges don't. They don't care that you're worried. So I have to go into the the Adam that's more calm, more centered, that's done it, get into his mindset and be that Adam. When did the Hero Project come to you? It's a great question. I mean, if you want to know the truth, I think it was always inside of me. It had to be pushed and forced out from a lot of transition. I was running my family business for 23 years. And for 13 years of that, I was clean and sober. And I knew I had a mission and a calling. But I think that running the family business gave me a lot of, you know, I was running an empire. And it gave me a lot of business sense. It allowed me to lead men. You know, we had at one point 145 employees, three shifts, eight hour shifts, workman's comp, insurance. Goods coming, you know, yarns coming in, goods going out, design department, secretary, you know, you name it. And I was running an operation. And what I didn't really realize is that this was my playground to really hone my craft. Hmm. And all these blessings and gifts were coming out with my recovery and my sobriety. I started helping, you know, people all around town, you know, with alcohol, drugs. Then I started helping celebrities and you know, professional athletes and you know, movie stars. And they liked it because I wasn't in their field. I was the, I was the guy that was making fashion. They were like, oh, it's so cool. You know what I mean? Right. And it was, it was great. And I just, knew, I just knew that I had a higher purpose. And when it was time that we sold the family business and I asked my mentor, like, you know, what am I going to do now? And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, he knew. He was like, you're going to be Adam. You're going to influence thought. You're going to influence thought. You're going to, you're going to raise people to a higher level. And he had me do my homework. And one of my homework assignments was I literally, um, I took a notebook. If you ever see where I do, I, I have notebooks everywhere, right? Yeah. But I took a notebook like this and, and, I, and I, I knew it couldn't just be Adam Jablin. I had, to have, I had to have something that I was working on. And I love Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. And I love superheroes. And I and I, I, you know, I, I, I literally wrote a line in two and I'm like, you know, what am I about? And I'm like, I'm about recovery. I'm about Superman and I'm about fitness and I'm right. And I'm about, I'm about superheroes and I'm about this. And I'm, and I'm and I was, I was like, I'm about right. All these things. And all of a sudden, so I had superhero fit. And over here I put like program, uh, you know, uh, transformation, this, that boom project. And I'm playing with and I saw it, you know, I saw it, you know, it wasn't the Superman transformation. It's actually not even super at all. So it wasn't superhero uh, program. I didn't like the word program because a program's like P90X or 12 step or whatever, which right. means it's the same for everybody. Right. Right. If you and I go to someplace that's a program and it's chest and back, it's chest and back that day. That's how it is. That's the program. Do you know what I mean you, you can't go so a program is a pro it's a program it's set but a project a project's like when you're designing your own house mm-hmm. when you get an architect and an interior designer where you give a kid uh, a bunch of uh, you know paper and paste and 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 toothpicks and, and you know it's a project you know you're putting it together and I saw it and I was like it's the, it's the hero project. Hmm. 
It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's somebody finding their inner hero, going through that, that hero's journey. And the fact is that every client I've ever worked with, like everybody I've ever worked in recovery or everyone I ever worked with in the family business, everybody was an individual and right. everybody had their own way of learning. I knew that right off the bat. And it was like, it just, it just came to me. And, and the symbol of my company is the Superman shield with a circle in the middle. And the circle is like, so for us in recovery, you know, we can hold hands because as a circle, you know, we, we're stronger together than we are alone. So it's the Superman symbol with a circle in the middle. And that's the hero project. That's what it's about. I love it. And also, the, it, you know, what, what, it, it just kept going deeper. Like you start realizing all this was inside of you because the hero's journey, you know, it's, it's not a roadmap, right? So it's not the hero's journey is a circle. It's not a road. So the hero's journey, you know, it's, it's, you know, leaving the known, a call to action, Luke Skywalker, leaving his, his original planet, whatever you want. You know what I mean? Neo or, or Miss, you know, what was Mr. Anderson, you know, leave, you know what I mean? And then finding your, you know, finding your mentor, finding your Obi-Wan Kenobi, finding your Morpheus, you know what I mean? Finding your, you know, your Jor-El to your Superman, figuring out who you are, you know, fi- you know finding your uh, whoever it was to Bruce Wayne and you're finding it to, to Robert Diaz Iron Man. You find that person that's going to lead you out of it. And then it's, you know, then you go on that journey of discovery where you, you get, you refine your powers and you, 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 you know, you start learning the force and you, you start realizing you're the one and you're, they're downloading you with how to fight Kung Fu. But then there's slaying the dragons and there's fighting the bad guys and there's facing the demons, be it addiction, whatever. You, know, you finally have to, you know, face Mr. Smith. You have to realize that Darth Vader is your dad. You have to understand who Lex Luthor is. You have to know that there's a Joker and then you defeat that enemy and then there's a circle. You always, the hero always returns home. Yeah. The hero always returns home. So what I do with my clients, it's not, we're going to go on this pilgrimage. You're going to fucking change. I hope you get to keep your wife and kids. You know what I mean? Because you're going to be such a different man. Right. You'll be happy, but I can't tell you everyone else will. No, 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 no. There's a return home. You're coming back bigger, faster, stronger, healthier, more confident, but more in love with everybody that you've ever loved, you know, more joy than you've ever felt. So that's my passion. You know I mean? I am not the guy that you call to, to say, Hey, let's get you divorced. I want you to go live your dreams. Fuck everybody else. That's not me. Yep. That's not me. If we're going to do a sports analogy, how do you see yourself? Phil Jackson. That's the vibe I got. That gave me chills. Yeah. So, you know, the beauty of Phil was, A, you get enough credit, but everyone's still going to say it was Michael, it was Kobe, it was Shaq, it was Scotty, and no one cares. He doesn't care because he's got the 11 rings. Right. The thing about Phil is, is that the triangle was a circle, believe it or not. It was the way, because of the way it flowed there. The triangle is three players within a five-player system. So yeah. it is the triangle but really what it was was a developing circle that kept shifting, yep. right? But what Phil was brilliant at was he was a master of the game and a master of Zen Buddhism and a master of the moment. So he knew when to call a timeout. 
But what was very tricky and savvy about him was he knew when not to call. Yeah. He went to say, hey, let them play this out. Okay, they're down by 12. I'm still not calling it back. Okay, we're down by 16. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Do you know what I mean? He knew. So, you know, he, he knew when Michael and Kobe should take over, but he knew when to keep it within the system. You know, he, and, and when you do that and you really let the people that you're working with stay in the moment, be in the moment and live up to their potential, then they get the credit. They get to be the hero of the day. They all get to celebrate together. You know, the wolf, the wolf pack is stronger as a unit than the lone wolf alone. And at the same time, as the coach, you get the ring. Mm. I don't need the credit anymore. I got the credit. I want the rings. I want the championships. I want the bonding. I want the closeness. So I'm not Belichick. I love Pat Riley, but I'm not Pat Riley. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I love Jimmy Johnson from the Cowboys, who's a little bit more of like a tyrant in your face. I'm not that guy. I'm Phil. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll, I'll know when to call a timeout, but I know when I know when to let you play it out. And you're doing better than you think. I know we're down by 16, but just work the system. Just work the system. And I know when to give it to you and say, do your thing, tongue out baseline fade away i don't care yeah. I, mean, I know when to tell you to take it over but i know when to tell you you know who's open Paxing, passing the fucking ball <laughs> i don't care that your number's 23 uh, you know what I mean? passing right. the ball and and so you win the right way yeah if uh, people want to know more about the hero project uh, and yourself how can they find you adam yeah i i try to make it as simple as possible um it's adam jablin on all platforms so Facebook, Adam Jablin, Instagram, Adam Jablin, TikTok, Adam Jablin, LinkedIn, Adam Jablin. And I think, you know, since I'm 46, I think that's all I'm really on. I'm sure there's probably 17 other apps that are good to use. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm learning. I'm learning. Hey, same, man. I'm learning. I, I turned 44 in less than two weeks as of this recording. So I'm with you. Uh, and we'll include the uh, links in the podcast description. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll make sure that I get it out there. Um, not just for us to spread uh, the hero project, but to, to spread uh, knocking doors down and, and, you know, hopefully introducing you to some cool people to, to be a guest. And Please. I appreciate you saying, you know, this is how you get your mentors and get close. So I'll be in your corner all the way. You know, thanks for having me. Thanks. So we're not done yet, Adam. We're now jumping to some random questions. Are you ready? All right, Adam. Uh, Being that it is a superhero project, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? That's good. I had to ask you this one. Yeah, it's really good. You know what? I think it's, uh, I think it's super strength. Why? You know, I, I understand like flying would be really cool, but to fly without the strength, it's a good way of like abandoning your people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do flying if I don't have the strength? Mm. Right. At least if I have the strength, if you're not going to give me flying with it, I can at least take, I could take, you know, I can leap tall buildings in a single bound. I may not be able to fly. So I'm going to go with super strength. I love it. I dig it. Uh, any pet peeves, anything that just irks the shit out of you? Yeah, dude. I mean, where do I begin? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say when someone's not realizing that they're rambling, 
And they're not really giving you the attention that like, you know, you have a life to live mm. and that their story is going nowhere. Mm. That irks me. You know what I mean? So I'm going to give you all the attention you need. But is this, like, this has been 15 minutes. There's not even a point to this story. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, really? <laughs> really? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for real? This is, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I love you, but you just wasted 15 fucking minutes of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't mind. If it's a 15-minute story, but there's a point, I'm all in. <laughs> right? I'm all uh in. Give me a soliloquy, an anecdote, something. I'm all in, dude. I'm all in. I'm not an asshole, but like, what was that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what was that? That's uh, a crap of mine. I, I, it's probably not the healthiest thing to admit, but it's true. No, it's good to admit. It's good. Uh, and I'm glad somebody else said it. I got to be better about that. Like, yeah. what, are, what are you talking about? Yeah, man. What are you like? Get to the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but i do have a uh, i i do have to admit maybe why it's a pet peeve i i can wax poetic because uh i always tell people I, I steinbeck it a little too much i like to paint the whole picture so that you completely understand and but i like that see that's painting a picture so i can be within the story so i understand the framework of your point i'm yeah. talking you the bit the story is done and i have no clue why the <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, yeah. if they were to make a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Oh wow! I mean, you want to hear ego? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. If you want me a little bit more with my humor, I'll go Ben Stiller. But if I want to look really, really cool, I'll go Tom Cruise. All right, I yeah. dig it. I dig it. Uh, all right, last one. You're on a deserted island whatever reason you can have one movie and one music album with you. What are they? Oh man, that's good. One movie, a few good men. Oh, I know it's not Marvel. I know it's not a superhero, but the, the dialogue, the oh, intensity, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, you know, uh, Kevin, whatever his name, Bacon, Bacon. I mean, yeah. uh, Demi Moore, uh, humor, intensity, acting, Rob Reiner film, I just love that movie, man. I just yeah. love that movie. I mean, I can't believe I'm not saying a superhero movie, but that I could watch over and over and over again. One album, huh? Yeah. We can go one artist. One artist. Well, okay. In my heart. Okay. In my heart. It's going to be Bruce Springsteen. Nice. Right. In my head, I want to say Dion because I love him. Because so <laughs> you got right? that connection. <laughs> I love him so much. Uh. Um, but, you know, from a kid from Jersey, uh, it's and, and yeah, it's going to be Bruce. Yeah. What was the first Bruce song? My mom was a huge Bruce fan. So it was that the Beatles, Queen, things like that yeah. in the house. So it's interesting. My my. My cousin, who's like more like an aunt to me, believe it or not, just because of age-wise, and she was such a big structure in my life. She gave me the Born to Run album, like the actual album, when I was like six. And she was like, I'm going to make you cool. Um, and I loved it, but I didn't know who he was. I didn't get it yet. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm a kid from the 80s, so that was still actually just a little before the 80s. And then... And then right after that, so I'm listening to Border Runner, and then right after that, just to give you like a little time period of how everything hit, it was like Born in the USA, Michael Jackson's Thriller, 
John Cougar Mellon can't pink out, right? So Bruce, like, just became, like, it, he became, like, a phenomenon. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He turned from this guy that was, like, known from New Jersey to, like, the boss. Yep. You know? Um, so th- that was my, that's my age. You know what I mean? That's, that's where I was. I was a kid from Jersey in the early 80s, um, hearing Born to Run at 6, but then at 8, 9, you know, Born in the USA comes out, and this guy is just brought to a whole other level. No, I remember it well. I remember yeah. that period well. Adam, um, anyone, if you could leave us some words of wisdom, you know, there's uh, so many people, and I know you went through it. I went through it. We lost a lot of people, especially addicts during the uh, pandemic. But we're getting this great focus finally. Mental health is becoming more of a conversation. If there's any wisdom you could drop for some people listening, what, what might you yeah. share? It would be like a, a combination here. So I would say one is when you have the courage to share what's really going on to somebody, you cut it in half. Mm. You don't know that until you actually do that. So when you share what's really problem, really troubling, and you share it with somebody that you can trust, you just cut it in half. Now, rather than have two arms raising a canoe over your head, you have four and you have love and support. And granted, I'm a Christopher Reeve guy. I'm an old school Superman guy. But what I love in The Man of Steel was, you know, he says that the S, it stood for hope, you know? So, like, there's hope. There's hope. I'm not saying it'll get done tomorrow. I'm not saying everything's going to be fine in a week. But there's hope. So if something's troubling, you share it. It cuts it in half and know there's hope. And if you put those together, that's your highway to get well. Chills, my friend. Adam, thank you. This has been an absolute pleasure. You're welcome, brother. Thank you for inviting me. It meant a lot. Here at Knocking Doors Down, we share the stories of people who overcome adversity. You know that already, but what you may not know is that our partners at the Carlos Vieira Foundation aim to help people who struggle with their own adversities as well. The Carlos Vieira Foundation helps those in need through their Race for Autism, Race to Be Drug-Free, and Race to End the Stigma campaigns. You can also choose the Carlos Vieira Foundation as your charitable organization on Amazon Smile to contribute as well. To learn more and support these causes, check out all the info at carlosvierafoundation.org. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website.
In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.